Shalom, I am Alan. And I am Leontine. Alan and I are professional tour guides, friends, and immigrants to Israel. In this podcast, we talk about everything Israel and our life here. I moved to Israel, fulfilling a lifelong dream after 30 years as a trial lawyer in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have a lot to say about my homeland. And I was born in Holland, then lived and worked as a licensed tour guide in France and ended my journey living and working in Israel. Yalla, let's go! Shalom, Leontine, and Shavua Tov. Shalom, Ellen, a good week to you. Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, that's, yes, Shana Tova, we should say, Happy New Year to you. Happy 2023, with a good health and lots of work and lots of podcasts. Yes, so in Israel, we don't celebrate the New Year today, but this is the Gregorian calendar New Year, January 1st, and uh, in, in the United States, we always celebrate it with with fireworks and uh, champagne and New Year's resolutions. How did, how did you celebrate it? When Same you... with uh, Oliebolle in Holland. You know, the oil bowls. I think I talked about this in our Hanukkah uh, podcast episode. Good food and at yeah, midnight celebration. And in Holland, lots and lots and lots and lots of fireworks. And in France, very funny people would start at 12, like even in very, very sophisticated parties with very smart People, people would start to dance what they call the polonaise, which is like uh, one behind another, like in a, um, like a snake. Yeah. And they would start to dance like this suddenly at midnight. Ah, like so at, at midnight, <laughs> what we would confetti do is you would always kiss kiss the person y- that you were with mm-hmm. uh, uh, as the clock struck twelve midnight. Right. So, uh, how was the last week of your year? Ah, great. The last week of my year was great. Uh, my grandchildren were here. They actually just left. And it was fantastic. So, I did a lot of things. So, they're 7 and 10. And we did a lot of things that uh, I could do with uh, young tourists, actually. <laughs> so, one of the things that we did is that we went to the sifting project. That they, they loved it. They really, really loved it. So that is, uh, for our listeners who don't know what it is, it is a um, place where they sift debris, like a piece, all kinds of pieces that come from the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount was dug uh, illegally in 1999 by the people of the Waqf, the, the, the Islamic uh, foundation that is in control of the Temple Mount. And they, they decided to build a mosque underground, uh, which was not really, they were not really supposed to do it, but they did it anyway. And so they dug a huge hole in the Temple Mount and threw all everything that they dug up outside the old city, which in a way, uh, in the end, uh, ended up uh, great because the Israelis took all the, the, the waste. And this is what they have been sifting uh, since all this now to more than 20 years. And so we did a little bit of the sifting. So we found things from many different periods. So from the first temple period, second temple period, Muslim period, crusader period, we found a lot, but no coins. So the children were a little, little bit disappointed that we didn't find coins, but otherwise they really, really enjoyed it. Oh, I, I'm sure they loved it. You yeah. know, remember Gabby Barkai, our uh, the yes. instructor, the professor, the archaeologist? Yes, yes. That uh, he, he started that project. He, he was the one that... 
was the impetus, uh, the driving force b- behind finding, locating, <coughs> and taking the debris to the uh, Mount of Olives. Mm-hmm. Right. And how was your week? So it was a very good week. Um, uh, I've been guiding this family for the last couple of weeks. It's coming to an end, but uh, and we had incredible weather until uh, this week. This week we finally got more rain uh, in and around Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, sometimes when it rains... It pours like mm, it did this week. It did. And uh, so we had to figure out uh, one of the days what we were going to do because all of the activities were outside. Zip uh-huh. lining and, and, and caving, spelunking through caves. And in the end, we weren't able to stick with our itinerary. But um, what we did do is um, uh, we did throw in some activities that were inside. Uh, but I found uh, a winery, a wonderful winery. Sometimes when you want to stay inside, some the best thing to do is find a winery. Yeah, sure. So um, have you ever been to Nevo? Nevo no. Winery and no, no. Mata. It's in a Moshav Mata. It's a little bitty winery. Mm-hmm. And the vintner, the, the, the man that owns the winery, um, he, had a, uh, he was attacked by a terrorist and that kind of somehow uh, inspired him to do something that he was passionate about. And he went into the wine business and he has excellent wine and it's a wonderful story. So it was just nice to be sitting in their winery, uh, in the Jerusalem Hills, uh, drinking some wine. Nice. Um, and we were with other people that were there and got to know people from really, there were people from Canada and there was a woman from the Bronx. And of course I was there from Memphis and Jerusalem. Okay. But it was it was that was that was really a special moment for me. I enjoyed it, and it was a good week. And mm. now I'm ready to start the new year. Right. Exactly. 2023. Wow. So you know the topic we <clears throat> we need to get back to uh, talking about things the, out in the field, the the yeah. off the beaten track places, um, sites that you and I love, uh, and uh, you mentioned one that you love, and it's Abu Ghosh. Mm-hmm. I also Abu love Ghosh. Abu Ghosh. Yes. So Abu Ghosh is a uh, for people that have uh, th- that aren't familiar with the the village of Abu Ghosh. Uh, it's a village about I would say five to ten miles outside of Jerusalem, depending upon where you're starting your journey. As soon as you exit Jerusalem on the road to Tel Aviv, you'll see a big uh, Arab village with minarets and and um, a nice village on the right side of the road as you're heading west, and it's quite a special place. Um, particularly because in 1948, during the War of Independence, uh, this family, Abu Ghosh, is the Ghosh family. Mm-hmm. That's their name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the village is primarily started as, as the village of this one clan. And it was uh, fascinating that during the war, they chose to remain neutral. They did not get engaged in the war. Um, and as a result, they continued to, 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 to survive and even thrive there in this beautiful village and we just love uh, true yeah visiting. it's the it's the only village actually that decided to stay neutral if i'm ah, right no there was one there other was another one um uh Ferides, or ah, Ferides. Yeah. ah but i mean uh, r- a long road one yes. no no i know what you're, you're yeah of course no there were other no there were other villages in the galilee of course also that uh, remained neutral but in this area around road one uh, it was the only village that remain neutral, and it's the only village, uh, village that remains because of that. So that's um, uh, uh, quite special. And, and like you say, they have been thriving and uh, doing really well. 
uh, first of all, um, many Israelis go there on Saturday to eat um, hummus. Because, uh, you know, on Saturday many places are closed because of Shabbat. So they go to the Arab uh, village and Arab neighborhoods and so on. But they, they Israelis particularly like to go to Abu Ghosh because it's so famous for the, the hummus and also the... Um, the the cakes like the cafe and things like that and coffee and so on so um f- so for that it's very famous and i think also people go there they just go shopping in the supermarkets well, they're, there. They're, because they're famous <coughs> for the hummus and have lots of uh, pita pita bread mm-hmm. uh, there's even a joke that uh, during passover during the holiday when the jews living in jerusalem aren't supposed to be eating uh, leavened bread mm-hmm. uh, like pita. Yeah. Uh, they say that the the Arabs can't find any pita uh, in Abu Ghosh <laughs> during Passover because all of the Jews that want bread they have... come to Abu Ghosh. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah, Abu Ghosh. <coughs> sorry, is a is a great place. First of all, when you you get there, you're in a. It's like being in a different world. Or first of all, it's like when you go to the Muslim or the Christian quarter in the old city. It's uh, you're in a different world, I would say, while you are in a different country, while you're still in Israel. Or I, or um, as I like to say, you're not in Kansas anymore, like uh, the okay. Wizard of Oz. Toto. Ah, yes, yes, yes exactly. Um, and there is a lot of history. So as we are guides, of course, we love the history part of Abu Ghosh. So we know that uh, in Abu Ghosh uh, is a water source. So already thousands and thousands of years ago, people were living there. And um, uh, we, they have remains there that go back to quite far away to um, uh, the time of the Muslims and even from before, from the Byzantine period. So let's say from about three, four hundred years after the year zero. Um, now, the, I would say the most amazing place to go and visit there is the Benedictine uh, Church, uh, with, well, Benedictine Monastery. And it has a church that was built by the Crusaders and that is still standing there. And um, well, now, first of all, I like to go there because the Benedictine um, uh, group of monks that are there are originally from France. And um, uh, there is a a brother whose name is Olivier, who does speak English and who is very um, uh, welcoming and uh, very knowledgeable and a very, very special man. And I always, when I go there, I call him before telling him that I'm coming and then he gives us like a guided tour. So that's uh, of the place, of his place. And that's he lives there. So uh, it's... um, what do you see when you go there? You go there in the morning and uh, you enter a courtyard, beautiful courtyard with a garden and flowers and very, very neat and pretty. And then you enter the church by the uh, bottom of the church um, where you have the original water source and you have the old Byzantine building and the Muslim building that were built there. And then from there, you so you go through this very old, uh, uh, what is it, like a foundation eh, of, the, of the church. And then you go up and then you get into the uh, Crusader church. So it was built in the uh, 12th century, in the 1100s. And um, uh, there in that church, they have found recently paintings, frescoes that are on the walls of the church that were hidden 
behind plaster for hundreds and hundreds of years, but they have recovered them. So you can see some of the frescoes and fr brother Olivier there always, uh, if you ask him politely, he will always sing for us. So he will sing in uh, Hebrew, in Aramean and in uh, French, if you want. The only time I ever heard him sing, I, I've been there several times, but yeah. he's not been there. Uh, you, yeah, you have to but contact sang, him before. When we were in the course, he sang, uh, he sang for us. Yes, yes. Um, but that's, yeah, the, what's special, I think, the, the most special thing about that church is those, the mosaics on the wall that were hidden. Now, they were hidden by plaster, I think, because of iconoclasm by the, the Muslims. Mm -hmm. when, they, when they conquered it, they covered up. Yeah. Um, the, the drawings, the, the beautiful paintings on the wall. They didn't want to see people or faces, exactly. Right, images. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's, that's quite special about that church is it is one of only three, maybe four, I think there are three, only three crusader churches that remain uh, completely intact mm -hmm. in Israel, mm -hmm. which is quite fascinating because the, the crusaders were in the land of Israel um, for almost 200 years, and during that time, they built many churches uh, all over the Holy Land. And of all the churches that they built, you love the Crusaders, so yeah. you could probably name all um, of the churches, but there are many, 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 many. Yes. But if you want to see those churches, you, you have to go and see them in ruins, okay? They, they were destroyed. They're usually underneath mm -hmm. uh, the new modern churches that were built on top of them. Mm -hmm. uh, but the three, this is one of the three that remains intact. It wasn't destroyed. I can't remember why it wasn't destroyed, but the other, th the other two is the St. Anne's Saint Church. St. Anne, yes. Uh, at the Pools of Bethesda mm -hmm. in Jerusalem, in, in the mm -hmm. Old City, and then the <clears throat> Ramla uh, Great Mosque. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a Crusader church that yeah. was converted into a mosque, uh, the Mosque of Ramla. Yeah. yeah was there, is, uh, there's only three or, or four? I think, that, I think that's right. There are yeah. only three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is one of those three. So if yes. you want to see a, a, a real genuine Crusader church in, in the Holy Land, that's, you go to... You go to Abu Ghosh. Yeah, exactly. You go to Abu Ghosh, and then the, so the the, the what I, I you know it's always nice to have a little extra touch to places, um, and also I think if you're a tourist, but even if you're Israeli, it's always nice to buy something in a place like that to bring something home, and then when you're at home, you have this in your house, and it makes you think of the special visit. Uh, that you did because Father uh, Brother Olivier he talks about his life how he became a monk you know he he was ready to get married and uh, start a, like a normal life you could say and then God uh, called to him and he actually um, said to his fiance I'm really really sorry I really love you but uh, there is a bigger love in my life and he left everything behind he went to Le Bec et Loin it's called Le Bec et Loin in Normandy and uh, so the Benedictines are monks that um, uh, work. So the idea is that they don't want to depend on the church. They don't want to depend on uh, people giving them money or anything. They want to be completely self-sufficient, so they work. And it's one of their, um, you know, in the in the in all the, the monasteries or the, the orders, you could say they have specific uh, things that they do. It's praying and uh, being together and being poor and not having uh, sexual intercourse anymore. And for them also, they add work. 
So they, they work. And so they make very nice uh, limoncello. They also make really nice jam. So I have the jam and the limoncello in my fridge, by the way. So I can, we're, by the way, uh, we're in my apartment this time. So, so I can actually offer you a little limoncello when we finish. So you can buy something that they make there. What is also interesting is that they there are nuns and monks. So the they live not in the same place, but not in the same building. Not that we know of. Exactly, what that's what they say. And they so they live in two separate buildings, but they do pray and sing together. And another thing there is what they do is that they sing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And that is why uh, Brother Olivier is always happy to oh, sing. Oh, he's, he's just a happy, uh, he just pops yeah. around, he yeah. hops, hops all over the place with yeah, a yeah, big yeah. smile. I'll, I'll, I'll the, we'll add a picture to the to the podcast. So that's, yeah, that's Abu Ghosh. Um, I, think, I think it was the church, the church built, I know that Abu Ghosh is one of the options mm-hmm. uh, of the location yes. of Emmaus. Yes. Or you would probably say Emmaus. Do you say Emmaus em, or Emmaus? Emmaus. Emmaus, yes. Emmaus, which Emmaus. is the location yeah. where uh, Jesus, uh, after the resurrection, encounters yeah. the two disciples heading home to Emmaus. Yes, it's the first time that Jesus appears to his disciples after his resurrection, exactly. They, they got the measurements wrong, basically, because in the New Testament, it clearly says how, how far it was from Jerusalem. One, says, one source says 160 yeah. stadia, and the other says 60 stadia. Right, exactly. So it could be there, it could be somewhere else. There's another place where you, that's called Emmaus, uh, where uh, there's also, a, by the way, a crusader church, but a ruin, but very, very big and beautiful that was built there. Um, but yes, Abu Ghosh is one of those places. And the other thing that uh, it says that maybe this is where uh, the Ark of the Covenant stayed until David made it come to Jerusalem, Kiryat Yeirim. So that is also one of those places that we don't know exactly where it was, and it might be there. So somewhere up in the um, further up uh, on the mountain is a, uh, a church that is called the Church of the Covenant, um, also built on Byzantine and and Crusader ruins. But the church is is modern, so it's it's different exactly. So if you want to find uh, uh, Abu Ghosh leaving Jerusalem or on the way from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, it's not that difficult. Uh, to find it, mm-hmm. all you have to look for is the mosque. With ah, four I forgot something. Go Ooh, ahead. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. Uh, Roman, Roman, the Romans, they stayed there. That's what you see. Also, when you go into the church, you see the Roman, uh, they built uh, something around the well. So that is something. So you have Roman, Byzantine, and Crusader all in the same place. And, um, you know, because when in the year between 66 and 70, there was the f- the first Jewish revolt against the Romans. The Romans they besieged the city, but they they had camps like further out of the city, and they were also in Abu Ghosh. Of course, why were they there? Because there was water. Very the simple. spring. Yeah, exactly. And that's I, I think I guess that's why we see along the the way we see. Uh, remember when we walked the Maus Trail? Yes. And we saw lots of Roman mile markers. Yes. Uh, because yes. the road passed right through. Yeah. Um, Abu Ghosh. Which I think is kind of funny. Like they need to know how far they are. Each uh, when you're on, it's true. When you're on the road, you how far, how long? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> in, in the U.S., I don't know about France or Holland. In the mm-hmm. U.S., when you're on the uh, the highways, mm-hmm. you, there are mile markers. There ah, are yes, you have posts that tells you. Mm. Uh, the mile, right? The distance. No, so we uh, it, sometimes yes, sometimes no. But we what we do have in France, for instance, is mile markers that the Americans left 
after they liberated France in uh, 1944, mm -hmm. 1944, 1945, and they left milestones uh, along the road. So there are some places where you can see the American miles milestones. So that's so the Romans did it and the Americans did it. It's kind of funny. So okay. today, as I was saying, if you're driving along the modern highway, which is Road 1, or the Tel Aviv-Jerusalem Road, if you're going from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, or the Jerusalem to Tel Aviv Road, if you're going from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv, uh, you can't miss Abu Ghosh mm. because it's, uh, the landmark is a mosque with four minarets. Usually mm. you have a mosque with one minaret. Yeah. Occasionally you see a mosque with two minarets, yeah. but you hardly ever see a mosque with uh, four uh, minarets and it's a beautiful beautiful mosque and there's a funny uh, story that actually um, is related about this mosque because it's a modern mosque built recently uh, the abu ghosh family which has been in abu ghosh for hundreds of years uh, the chechenians uh, came to to abu ghosh looking to build a a mosque and they uh, addressed the the ghosh family and they said, oh, we, we want to build a mosque because we, we hear that your family uh, was Chechenian. Mm -hmm. And they all looked at each other and they said, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, no, no. They said, no, no, no. The, the, I think it was one of the politicians that came to the community from Chechnya. He says, no, no, we, we have it upon good, reliable source that your family was Chechenian. And they're like, they're, no, no, no. We, <laughs> we've been here for hundreds of years. That you, you need to check your records. They persisted. And they finally said, well, that's too bad because we have $10 million and we're thinking about building a mosque here in Abu Ghosh. I said, you know what? Come to <laughs> think of it, I, we may have had a great, 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 great uncle who was Chechenian. <laughs> so the Chechenians built this, this uh, uh, beautiful mosque. amazing. It's huge, 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 huge. And I, you I've can never, see it from far away. Have you ever been inside of it? No, no, I've, no. I've seen pictures from inside, but it looks really beautiful. And even from outside, it's very impressive. You see, it's white with these white four towers, minarets, as you say. No, no, it's pretty amazing. By the way, do you know how the Abu Ghosh family, uh, what, how they made their money? I it, do. I don't. And they they um, would sit along the road and ask uh, taxes by uh, to everybody who came by. <laughs> so they put up their own t toll yeah, road. Exactly. This was before <laughs> they had the road six. And now they make now they make hummus. Yes, now they make hummus because it, it was the only road going to Jerusalem. So they sat at the road and they asked money uh, to everybody that came by. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it makes sense because it's the it's a narrow passage, and they can yeah. sit there all day long and say, exactly. "Hey, you want to go to Jerusalem? Yeah. You want to go to te Tel Aviv? Uh, pay up." Buddy. Exactly, exactly. So this was uh, how they they made a little bit of money. Now, uh, and and there is another place that is not far from there, which is totally different but very funny. Also, it's the Elvis uh, coffee shop, right? Which coffee shop? The Elvis, uh, Elvis, oh, Elvis, Elvis. It's yes, in that Memphis, area as yes. well. Yes. So uh, you have a little bit of Memphis there. So that's a crazy place uh, where you um, enter uh, like a diner, you call it in the United States? Like yeah, a, diner a diner. In it a, is yeah? a, they, they, re they kind of created a diner yeah. at the gas station. And everything is about Elvis Presley. And they have even uh, sometimes a singer there who looks like Elvis Presley, who's like singing. Yeah, it's like a friend of mine uh, back home in Memphis, Tennessee. Elvis, uh, Lee Baum uh, did an impersonation of Elvis. And every time I go to the Elvis yeah. gas station in, in uh, near Abu Ghosh, I think of, of uh, Lee. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, you can even get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh, yeah. at the at the gas station. And you can you, the coffee is 
mm, not that great, but the coffee is served in mugs with uh, Elvis' uh, picture on it, and El it's, it probably has the address of the place or something. So it's like a collector's item. I think I have one in my cupboard, actually. So, uh, uh, yeah. Look, I think I think Abu Ghosh, it was a great topic. It's a great place to visit. Mm -hmm. It's right along the highway. You always see it, but you never... Uh, think of perhaps stopping there, and so now you know that it's worth worth the visit. It is. So the question this week I thought was an interesting uh, question. I, I I got a I actually got a call uh, from someone I know. His name is Josh, and Josh listened to our Christmas uh, podcast last week, and he wanted to know personally about you, Leontine. Mm -hmm. He heard you know you talk about Christmas, and he wanted to know when you were growing up as a Jew in Holland celebrating Christmas. Uh, did you also celebrate Hanukkah? Ah, <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> no, not at all. But, no, so I wasn't uh, raised uh, with Judaism. The only thing uh, during Christian Easter, we ate matzah, just uh, for like a delicatessen. So probably my mother vaguely remembered that uh, during Passover, we you had to eat matzah, but she mixed it up with uh, Christian Easter, so we had it with Christian Easter. No, 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 uh, Hanukkah, but we did celebrate the 5th of December in Holland. It's very big. It's Saint Nicholas. <laughs> Is that another Jewish holiday? It's another. another <laughs> Saint, it's a Catholic holiday. Yes, Catholic holiday. But it's a holiday where you receive presents. Children receive presents. And very, very nice. We had the tradition to write poetry, like personalized poetry, to the person that you give the present to. So it was a very, very nice holiday. But in a way, in a way it all, um, it's all linked together because uh, during Hanukkah, we give presents to the children. Right, yeah. uh, and uh, so we did it in in Holland. They, they give presents to the children on the fifth of December on Saint Nicholas because they don't celebrate um, Christmas really. People have a Christmas tree, but they don't do presents. Uh, you know, the presents are mm -hmm. the fifth of December. So Josh, no, no Hanukkah. I only started to celebrate Hanukkah when I was twenty three, twenty four. When I had my twenty four, yeah, when I had my first mm -hmm. child. And uh, I, I had married a Jewish man, and that's where I started to celebrate Hanukkah. Only then. Well, that's a great question because I'm learning more about you than <laughs> I, I thought I knew a, a lot about you. Oh, but, you know uh, nothing. I, 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 we're just getting started. <laughs> we got a lot of podcasts to learn a lot. Yeah. So everybody, uh, happy New Year! Uh, wish you a healthy, happy, and uh, prosperous New Year. Happy New Year! And uh, we'll be talking to you next week. Very soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Yala Israel. Send your questions by email at yalaisraelpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at yalaisraelpodcast. This podcast was made possible with the help of Leia Kramer, our editor, Elliot Musses, our musician, and Shai Aloni, our cover art designer.